Just a warning, what you're about to see is a bit graphic. Everybody, welcome to the Angry and Negative Show, episode 69. By the way, nice! August 26th, 2020, aka the day the greatest gift to mankind ever happened. Dan the Fire Fan was born 24 years ago, and it just so happens the Flyers played today and uh, won after damn near not winning. They uh, came back, won in overtime, finally got the offense going in the first period. Two beautiful goals by Kevin Hayes. Katuria with a fucking beautiful goal. About time he gets his dumbass scoring. And, uh, is somebody trying to message me on the call? No? Just Siri popping up out of nowhere? Awesome. Thanks, Siri. Really get my hopes up here for nothing. But, uh, we're going to talk about that. But, uh, it's my, it's my birthday party, and some people showed up. Some didn't, which is, is, is just the status quo these fucking days. But uh, Steve and Manny are here from BPW Radio. Hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy birthday, Dan. Happy birthday, Dan. Happy birthday, Dan. And that is uh, Noah Kaplan making his brotherly pod debut. Loving it. And uh, Jim will be joining us, hopefully, soon. His show's more important than mine, I guess. And... uh, uh, Topher John should be here at some point as well. Maybe Michael Watkins. Maybe they'll just all ignore me tonight. It's like real life. No friends coming to my birthday party. But uh, I guess Manny will give you the floor first here. What did you uh, make of the game today? Did you get a chance to watch it with this bullshit 3 p.m. start? Yeah, I definitely watched it. Um, first period could have not gone any better for the Flyers. Um, obviously, they got uh, Hayes. I missed the Hayes goal. I was... Uh, I was just taking a shower after doing some drywalling uh, in the garage, and I missed the Hayes goal. But then I sat down and saw everything else. So we saw I saw Hayes score his second of the game, and then Couturier with the beautiful, uh, the beautiful little deke. Uh, I think Nick Letty's jockstrap is somewhere uh, in the 300 level of Air Can- of the Scotiabank Arena right now. Um, couldn't have gone any better in that first period. All built up a huge three nothing lead. Uh, Varlamov was chased from the game. Uh, the guys that needed to get going did, especially uh, Hayes, who you know hasn't been playing poorly, but he definitely needed to get on the board. Uh, I thought that Couturier had uh, a particularly good game overall, um, especially uh, both ends of the ice, but he really needed that goal. And then, you know what, the Islanders in the second got a little bit better um, getting back into the game. Their feet were just moving. And then when Jake was in the penalty box and, and Anders Lee got that power play goal to get them on the board you kind of sense the real shift in the way that the flyers were playing they were just letting the new york islanders come at them they really stopped skating uh, anywhere near the islanders blue line it was really frustrating to watch and then once uh, once it got to three two you kind of felt that the islanders were going to find the tying goal and send this game to overtime Topher is joining us by the way hey everybody how's it going we're, what's uh... up Topher? Hello. Doing well. Discussing the game. They're uh, almost shitting the bed, but they didn't quite shit the bed. 
Hey, you got a birthday win. I got a birthday win. Everybody wins. There we go. Let's all celebrate. That's something I never thought I would say, by the way, as a exactly. late August birthday. I was never <laughs> expecting to be like, hey, the Flyers won a playoff game today. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. But uh, they did. And uh, as Manny alluded to, they did chase Varlamov. Uh, seven saves out of ten he made before getting pulled. And then Grice came in. Quite frankly, I was more terrified of Grice. And he's got a fairly decent track record against the Flyers. Uh, the power play, 0 for 2, takes their total. Uh, 4 for 42 in the postseason now. I'm not uh, great at math or nothing, but that's not very good. 9% or so? Just over 9? Is that good? That's like what I used to get in Spanish class was like a 9%. <laughs> I think I got 9% in Algebra 2 once. <laughs> I mean, sure I, I wish that they had... I mean, I wish that they didn't pull Varlamov, because like you said, uh, Grace coming in... Grace, I know, has had a history of taking out the Flyers, and he definitely looked all the way like Thomas Grace again today, up until that final goal, the game-winning goal he let in. But... You know, you could just see Volomov was definitely shaken early. It was kind of reminding me of that game from the Montreal series where Carter Hart, you know, let up, you know, five goals and was pulled. It was that kind of game where you could just tell Volomov just didn't have it. And I was like, okay, great. Maybe keep him in or yank him out at the beginning of the second or just keep him in for a little bit. Maybe get one or two more insurance goals. But that didn't happen. But I thought in the second period they played pretty well. Couturier missed on another, you know, golden opportunity. He did that in what became the eventual game winner um, in overtime today. But the Flyers were kind of hit or miss. uh, And they were missing on a few kind of open nets. And they were missing these kind of insurance goals. And then it came back to bite them. I was following the game. I was at work. And I was just kind of following the game on my phone. And I got a stream of it in the third period. I should not have done that because I was just constantly looking at my phone the entire time. But you could just tell the Islanders were starting to enforce their will. The Flyers, what I think really really happened was they just started making critical mistakes. They started pushing things. They started going, I think when the Islanders scored their second goal, uh, a defenseman jumped up into the play and it'd be kind of, became another odd man rush back the other way, which the Islanders scored on. And then in that final sequence, Sanheim had a god-awful turnover that led into that, oh, my God, it was so bad. And you just had to play mistake-free hockey because the Islanders were really good at capitalizing on that sort of thing, and they definitely capitalized on it. And, you know, here we are. But luckily, Phil Myers saved the day. But I didn't think the Flyers played really, really bad. They were definitely on their heels. But I thought it was one of their better games that they've played since the round robin they definitely i think it was one of the best games especially in the montreal series so i didn't think it was the worst game of the world the third period turtling really sucked but you know at least they got the win and we're not you know talking about an 0-2 deficit as opposed to a 1-1 tie the first period was definitely the best they've played since the round robin and then they pulled a typical flyers on us here and uh caved in and they came back so they won an ot no harm, no foul, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that was I, I was furious there when uh, when they blew that three-goal lead, especially the offside call. Uh, I don't know what they were looking at, but the screenshot I saw on Twitter versus what the video they were playing on TV looked like two different plays entirely. So don't know if they looked Although, at the wrong thing or, or, or what, but yeah, that, was, that was Bob Nystrom 30 years later from Beyond the Grave coming back to fuck the Flyers. <laughs> 
Although did you see Martin Bro do or not Martin Bro, um Marty Biron yeah. tried to explain it away and explain the reasoning for it. Marty saying that it was Biron's supposed to be a, like a delayed trade. offside. He was like, Oh yeah, it's supposed to be a delayed offside and he waited for, you know, his teammates to come back on side and blah blah blah. So it actually was a good goal and everyone's kinda of tearing him mm-hmm. apart. So yeah. Just... I mean and here's the thing. It was it all sides. I think the evidence says yes, but at the same time, those when it's that close it's a toss-up at best, but nine times out of ten, it'll go in favor of the original call on the ice. I and mean, we saw this happen with Dave Hackstall two years ago, and we lit his ass up the second he uh, he did it. So it would be unfair to not light up AV for the exact same reasoning. Uh, it turns out Bob Maestrom is not dead. <laughs> That's too good to clear that up. <laughs> He's uh, 67 right now. Yeah, and speaking of that Hackstall game, that was I was literally at that game. It was in Nashville. That was uh, I went yeah. onto that game as part of my honeymoon. That ruined my night. Why in your fucking right <laughs> mind would you go to a Flyers game on your honeymoon? That's grounds for divorce. We were down right in on. Nashville, and it was like opening night for Nashville Predators, and they just happened to play the Flyers. So I'm like, oh fuck yeah, it's like my honeymoon. I'm gonna get to see the Flyers play, and they went down like o three. And then they came back and tied it, and they went up four to three. I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be a great fucking night." And then Dave Hackstall fucking blew it. Uh, it was fucking awful. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Just like every other yeah. game he coached. The uh, the offsides kind of remind me a little bit of the. Uh, I'm not sure how much you've been watching Tampa Bay and Boston, but the Braden Point uh, when he didn't get on on side, it kind of reminded me of that because it just seemed like. It was right there, and it was just really close. But I could tell from the video, it just just looked like it. You couldn't be a hundred percent, which you need that hundred percent to overturn the goal, which really sucks. But I understand it's a lot easier to say, well, you can't tell if they're actually offsides or not, so we're not going to take away this goal. You know, at the same time, when it, when you're splitting that much of a hair to determine if it's offsides or not, is it really affecting the play if he was just that much off? So, it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. It's not like they got a super huge advantage from being quote unquote offsides. No, yeah, and, when exactly. I saw, and when I saw it, I thought, uh oh, AV's kind of grasping for straws here because yeah, that's what it felt like he, at the time. It's like, like oh, boy, like, he's they had this game, and then all of a sudden it's 3 3. You're going to force overtime. And I go, is that really the best thing to do? Because if you fail this challenge, Isles get a power play. They might win it in regulation anyway, um, which is exactly what happened to Hextall on, uh, on Steve's honeymoon. If you remember that would have been on par i was totally expecting them to score on that power play i'm yeah. like oh that fucking beautiful ending to this game same Ugh. yeah i was like power play goal right here <laughs> no overtime and uh i'm gonna be really upset <laughs> i was waiting for like a five overtime game here just to ruin everything for me <laughs> to drag this heart attack out a little longer six games so we can keep the record or six ot <laughs> Three whole games. Let's do it. Let's well, it's interesting. I mean, we 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 chased Varlamov from the game, and uh, you know, you both of you birthday boys, you should be chasing some uh, vodka shooters right now. What's going on? I got some right here. You know? There we go. Adam, <laughs> I've boy. got I've got something in here in this bottle you can't see through. Not, not happy birthday you to you, Cooper. It could be scotch. It could be water. And rum. 
And Jack, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, turn into Chuck, that Chuck. drunk show real quick. All I, three. I, uh, all three. It could be the Christmas show all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, thought about it. I'm not really, not really feeling it yet. But you know, if they lost, this would have been a totally different story. But it's, uh, um, I just wanted to point out. I'm just looking at the stat line here. Yeah. Robert Hag plus two, five hits, two blocks, sixteen oh seven of ice time. Everyone was harping on that one, you know, giveaway, which actually they didn't even credit him with the giveaway. No. Which is interesting on uh, NHL.com. No. But plus two led the team along with uh, Giroux and Justin Braun. You notice nobody said a goddamn word about Nate Thompson today. And Hayes. I'm so no. to bring up, I'm like, well, what about uh, Nate Thompson? <laughs> it's like know, I, I don't know if it's the fact that they just were not losing but i didn't notice him on the ice as much as i have in other, when your in stars other are scoring and you're winning games it's almost like you can't put it on your fucking fourth line center to uh to blame 13 18 of time for thompson which as far as forwards go that's not that bad it looks like 15 was the average for the middle six so he played, Wasn't he uh, usually getting 16, 17 a night? So 13 is actually probably his sweet spot. Was he really getting 16, 17 minutes? Holy shit. I think he was. No, I don't uh, think he was, but it certainly it some, it didn't seem high. like that, though. Sometimes it, it did, did feel like that. <laughs> look, look, the way I'm people talk, it sure feels like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'll say I totally forgot. I didn't even realize that JVR was scratched uh, on Monday. And I was like, oh, he was scratched. It felt like he was just in the game normally. Like, Yeah, he's uh, like, pretty missable just, one way or the other. I've often said if they don't put him on TV, I would never notice he was even out there. But uh, He was pretty really? animated behind the bench, though, when they were doing the review for the offside. He seemed pretty adamant that it was offside. Um, and he was kind of chirping in uh in a v zero there but um it was really tough to tell because like you guys were saying <laughs> so he fucked him over there it's his fault they challenged and he missed it well to be fair typical the jvr was, the stuff that was they were showing on tv in the replays they it didn't look like it was be overturned because it was just so close but when they zoomed in on uh on twitter and you, you look at it you go yeah that it is offside actually. yeah and if he did say today, too, he made, you know, the mistake of challenging, and he said he probably wouldn't have challenged it. But, you know, I think, we like we said at that point, it was just desperation. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that he had the balls to own up his mistakes, unlike certain coaches of our past who would have stared at you blankly and maybe gave you a one-word answer. The deer-in-the-headlights look? <laughs> Exactly. That's the one we know and probably all hate. I made the right move. Don't question me. By that reference. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Carter Hart, 31 of 34 saves. Another game where he was essentially playing his ass off. That poor guy, man. I wish this team was a little better in front of him. If they were just a little tighter defensively, he would be winning these games hands down. It wouldn't even be close. But uh, if this team goes all the way, like he's definitely their Con Smythe winner, right? Yeah, there's no way. Has to be. There's maybe, no no way we're here without him. Maybe Nate Thompson, if they really feel generous, they'll uh, give it to the most deserving player. But yeah, uh, Carter Hart is uh, carrying these fuckers. 
in my humble opinion, if he finishes the second round without dying, regardless of the Flyers advance or not, he deserves a con smite. Yeah. <laughs> hey, truth be told, I thought Thompson had a had a de- pretty good game today. He got that nice back pass to Myers, who rifled it off the post. I got up out of my seat when I saw that puck uh, flying to the net. Myers has really developed into a strong shooter, too. Like, he did it all during the Boston round robin. He's been all over the place. And now, thank God he's developed into a shooter because Sandheim doesn't want to shoot it as much as he does. But thank God Phil has the accuracy and the power to snipe shots, which is really what you want to see out of a good defenseman like him. He's still leading the team in goals. Myers? Yeah, wasn't he for a while? No. Probably. I don't think so. It may be Hayes right now. For all I know. Yeah, it's got to be Hayes because Hayes had two today. Yeah, but he only had three overall, though. He only had one before this. And nobody else is scoring, though. They've got fucking uh, <laughs> scoring one goal a game. We're, I wouldn't Let's be surprised if Scott Lawrence still leading that. That actually may be right. If this page will load, I could get you an answer. But uh, Jake Voracek has four goals right now. Oh, yeah, Hayes has three. Lawton okay. has three. Farabee has three. Raffle has three, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's right. Myers has three as well. Quite a few threes. But Jake Voracek leads in goals. And who? Kevin Hayes leads in points with nine. Voracek second with eight. Hmm. I knew knew Voracek had eight. I didn't know that Kevin Hayes had nine now. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, Hayes has been coming on as of late, thank God. He's looked good for the past few games, and it just wasn't going in. And now that he's getting there and the confidence is flowing and he's going in, he, he's been probably their best forward over the past two or three games. Um, and, and now that he's finally scoring, he's reaping the rewards of his good play. So Yeah, I always felt he was just a really good player getting really good chances, getting stonewalled by a better goalie in Carey Price. I'm just kind of happy that uh, Giroux's at least getting points. Even though it's mostly just assist, he's still. It's good to see him still producing, and hopefully, this can lead him to get more confidence to maybe shoot sometimes and go for that goal that he so desperately needs in these playoffs. Was it? Uh, I was calling the game Forsland today. He was like, "Man, Drew's taking shots from all over the ice." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? He's taking five shots the whole goddamn playoffs." Well, that's five more than he's had in the, all the other games, so... He's actually tied for second on the team with shots at 23 with Phil Myers, of all people. It does not feel like that. Behind Kevin Hayes with 27. What? That, yeah, uh, he only had one today. That, 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 that's not right. I'm going to petition the NHL on this. He's more of a facilitator at this point, which is fine because he's a really good facilitator... And, you know, you wish, like, he wasn't the facilitator on the power play, but that's a whole separate issue. But at least in what you can see out of this top line these past few games, especially against the Islanders, you can see he's passing the puck really well. He's getting it to players. Like, today when he got the puck to Couturier, it was a nice shot because I forget who it was. I think it was Sandheim, and then Giroux tipped it, but he tipped it right to the stick of Couturier, and then Couturier on Letty for that beautiful goal, that third goal. So Giroud's uh, been all over the ice, and he's been really good at passing, which is what you need against a team like this because they're so, so strong defensively that you need strong, crisp passing in order to beat them and open up areas of the ice for you to get to. So at least he's helping his team in that way. Five I mean, assists wish... for Giroud through 11 games. He has yes. looked better the past two. I think he's one of the guys, you know, he's the the... Death taxes and 
Drew passing on a two-on-one has been the motto through these playoffs, and it's happened quite a few times. But yeah, the he has noticeably gotten better. A lot of the top guys have been a lot more noticeable. Connect me as well. He racked up an assist today. Uh, continues to buzz and just isn't uh, getting there. But you know, I think uh, if he can maybe not be tied to JVR, which is a a big uh, issue right now. And I wish Jim always finds a way to avoid these shows when I talk about G and JVR together. We'll just tweet a picture of an anchor or a gif of an anchor like he always does and it has a person The pigeon and his master. Yeah. So do you guys think that Lawton gets back in? I, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Is it really? He, a, it's not like either one of them. Right. Lawton must be hurt, right? Like, Here's, he he's went from their ball. top guy in the round robin to whatever the fuck he is now, a goddamn turnover machine. He has to be hurt, right? There's no way you f- just fall from grace that quickly. I mean, he's not the best player to begin with, but fuck. He's showing signs. JVR is completely useless, but I don't know. He's kind of a non-factor, whereas Lawton was impacting your team in a he negative role. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe because they won, they go back to it, but it's not like they won in a convincing fashion, so maybe they change it up again. But I would suspect you see the same lineup tomorrow does ghost go back in fuck no, no. <laughs> there's, there's no a way. there's a guy from brazil uh who's a big flyers fan what? and he was tweeting stuff in portuguese like oh flyers record with ghost is this and without ghost it's this and i was like wow this guy's church of hag i started tweeting him and it's just the other thing too in that justin braun cannot play with shane gossis bear we've tried it how many different times during these playoffs he just cannot play with Shane Gassisper. At least he looks pretty good slash confident with Justin Braun when they get to It's Hagen Braun. The pair works. It's fine. They don't get absolutely crushed. They're not the most offensively dynamic duo, but I don't care at this point. You're going to have to play a tough physical series against the Islanders anyway, and that's what you had to do against the Canadians. With Shane Gossesberg, Justin Braun doesn't know what to do. Justin Braun needs to stay back, and then Shane Gossesberg goes in and tries to create offense, and sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. And it's just the whole pair of people start losing responsibilities, and then that's how you end up with, you know, chip-in goals or where they leave people right in front of Carter Hart who put the puck in the net. So at this point, there's no way Robert Haig should ever come out for any of these games. I don't care how bad of a night he has. He needs to stay in there because, one, he pairs well with Justin Braun, and, two, he's been the better defenseman, I think, overall compared to Shane Gossesbear. Shane Gossesbear has higher highs but he has way lower lows. And you saw in game one against the Islanders, just Shane Gasper didn't look good. And that's what you're going to get. You can't afford those type of games anymore. You just got to have the most stable third pairing defenseman you can have. And that's Robert Haig. Shane Gasper in these playoffs since the Montreal one for three, one win, three losses for the Flyers when Gasper is dressed. I feel like with Ghost, you got to bench him for like five or six games at least, and then let him play. <laughs> let him get fresh like again for one game. Role. Yeah, yeah, and then bench him again just just to make sure he knows he has to earn his ice time. Because if you string games together, he just gets complacent. He has one game, and all of a sudden, fans forget the last three years of bullshit. Oh, this is it! He's coming back this time! Yeah, and then they see it over and over again. It's happened about four times already in this series, and then he played the next game, and it looks like the Shane Gosses bear that we've grown to know and loathe. And uh, then he gets benched again. And it's just a revolving, revolving, uh, revolving door. So 
I don't know. May as well just keep Hagen at this point. I think this series favors Hague. I think the playoffs in general favor Hague. If you're not going to deploy Gostas Bear as a strict power play guy, there's no reason to put him out there. So, yeah, keep Hagen. What about the Islanders? Do you see them going to Grice again tomorrow, or do you go? Do they go right back to Varlamov? I would assume they go to Varlamov, but I'm not sure. I guess uh, Grice played more minutes than Farley tonight, so maybe they give him a chance. But I don't know. The hockey man choice is to go with your starter no matter yeah. what, and that's what Barry Trotz is: is a hockey man through and through. This is the first game action Grice has gotten since the return to play, too. Like. Trotz has always gone and stuck with Varlamov in every single game he's gotten, so I doubt he's going to go back to Grace. He, he did pitch back-to-back shutouts before today. So, so this, this is the same argument we had as Flyers fans here. Do you start Carter Hart? You go fucking Brian Elliott. No, you, you go with your starter here. You let him, you know, he had a hiccup. Tough shit. My guess is Varlamov. Varlamov v. Hart next time. Hart won 97 goals against, 935 save percentage. Holy shit. Which is actually incredible, because he's led in quite a few games where he's had uh, three or four goals now. So the fact that his numbers are that high is pretty telling of how many shots this kid is actually facing. That and those back-to-back shutouts against Montreal when they were throwing like that every single shot. doesn't hurt either, yeah. No. In three games, we're only led in one goal. Let's see. Carter... Carter Hart. That's his last name. That starts with an H, Daniel. I'm 24 now. I know my alphabet. Uh, game logs. Playoffs. He made... Uh, oh, Lord have mercy. 30, 52 saves in those two shutout games. Granted, that was, what, two weeks ago now. 18th and 19th, so... You know, that's only about a week ago. God... Only a week ago. Feels like forever. It's fuck. It really does. Let's see. Jim yeah, already. <laughs> he said, "Give yeah, me five we're... four minutes ago." So if we're going through far in this playoffs, it's it's going to be on the back of Carter Hart. There's oh, there's no other way. There's I mean, no he's, he kept you in this game for so long because the Islanders through the second period and all throughout the third were just peppering him with shots, and you know he let in a bad one on that second goal. But, you know, he's been your team leader. He's been your, you know, backstop. He's been the end-all, be-all. And if we're going far, it's on the back of Carter Hart. He he saved you in the Montreal series. And now that maybe we're hoping that today kind of you, you found your footing and the offense can maybe start to get going and start picking things up. If you can do that a little bit and then you have Hart in the backstop there, it should be, you know, Flyers should be a very, very tough out. Yeah, has there been a single game that that Carter hasn't really been the determining factor? That five nothing loss to Montreal, but <laughs> well, hey, did, well, I mean, yeah, it, it was a five nothing loss, but he also let in. I'm sure he was goals. the only reason it wasn't an eight nothing loss. Yeah, that's yeah. True. I I honestly don't think Carter looked like too bad in that five nothing loss. Like it just looked like there were a lot more like really crappy bounces against us than Carter Hart being just like awful in that. I think um I think the game five loss he looked like in my opinion he looked at his worst in game five and it and it wasn't even like he couldn't make a save for his life. It was just him being kind of like having an off night. 
which, I mean, is going to happen when you have a 22-year-old goaltender who's got the got the pressure that he does being our Lord and Savior in that in Philly after like 20 odd years of absolute horrific goaltending. And I, I was funny. I don't even think it's necessarily an off night as much as it is he's just playing average. <laughs> he's not yeah. playing like a fucking world beater, you know. It's just an, an average night like for a goalie. And uh, it's just it's kind of the state of the team defense as a whole right now where if Carter Hart is not pitching a shutout in a godly performance, you know, they, even to, uh, the game one and even tonight, I mean, God, he made quite a few big saves early and there's just so many times he can save your ass before you got to help him out a little bit. And uh, Tampa just scored two very quick goals uh, late in the first period in their game. Oh, I just saw the first one. I just saw the first one. I don't know about two. It's, uh, I guess I'm going to see it in a bit. <laughs> John Cooper is mad as fuck, whatever it was. Which is odd, because... They score. Wow, that was a nice goal. Yanni Gord, I believe? And no, no, there's the second. Somebody <laughs> just checked the ref. I don't know who that was. I found it odd that uh, John Cooper was yelling at the ref after, um, after his guy was being lazy and not going back on sides. And he's yelling over his player who didn't go back on side. That that was like the stupidest That's teamwork. thing ever. I, I was like yelling at my TV like, John, what are you doing? The guy, the guy, the guy who used to be yelling at is literally right under your nose, not on the ice right now. Still yeah, I've got in the way of that. What's up? There he is. Angry there Jimbo he is. is here. Joining he is. Geniality. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks. How's it going so far? Well, we... he's not drinking, Jim. Shame him into it. Ah, good boy. <laughs> new year, new Dan. Healthy Dan. All right, boy. Proud of you. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. Once we don't, uh, hang don't up, succumb it's, to it's the gonna... peer pressure. Yeah, peer pressure. Drink, 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 drink. <laughs> What's uh... going on, everyone? By the way, sorry. What up? What's up? Did you guys start? I've been going yeah, for like... 29 minutes and 55 seconds now, Jimbo. Uh, way to go, Jim. Just ruined the whole vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Topher's here. Stephen Manor here. Noah's here. Now Jim's here. Woo -woo. Mike did not show up. That bastard. Mike who? Watkins. I, Mike Hunt? Oh, Mike Watkins. I love Mike. It's been, it's been a, a while. while Was he on the Christmas Mike. show? I maybe. I uh I don't I don't I don't uh, remember the Christmas show. Yeah. <laughs> we could tell. <laughs> I think everybody here now was on the Christmas show. I'm not sure uh, about Mike. I was not. This is Noah's debut, Jim. Show some respect. Excuse me? This is Noah's debut. <laughs> Noah. This is his first What's up? <laughs> What's up, Noah? I can't see <laughs> all I see is Okay. All I see is sadness. <laughs> What's the uh, birthday boy uh, topic conversation here? We've been talking about uh, Carter Hart being a god amongst men. CH79, baby. Did you guys have any doubt that they were going to win that game? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Once they blew that three-goal <laughs> yes. lead, I thought for sure yeah, it was yeah. over. Yeah. At, at that, that two-minute mark when they got the penalty, I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yep, this, that's it. This is yeah, um, Dave Hextall against the Preds all over again. <laughs> did you guys talk about that already? Give us your opinion, Jim. What did you yeah. think of this game? So you can stop asking me questions. <laughs> uh, 
I enjoyed the game. I watched the first period out at a local bar and seemed to be good luck. For whatever reason, I had to leave after the it first period. It was a period. 3 p.m. start. What are you doing at a bar? <laughs> I was meeting up with a lady friend. Oh, for God's And everything sake. seemed to be going well. Um, topics of conversations changed from hockey to something else. So we left, came back to my house. Uh, seemed like a good idea. Second period flyers were, you know, you could see the momentum changing. Uh, we stayed downstairs as the game, you know, progressed. Things progressed here. And we moved <laughs> upstairs and consequentially it was bad luck. So uh, Jim got lucky and then the flyers got unlucky. Yes. The more, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. So lesson learned, once you're out and the flyers are doing well, you stay out. You don't move from that spot. Uh, so I, I'll apologize for that. Um, I, mean, I didn't you just need to stay celibate for the entire Stanley cup playoffs. Don't you <laughs> even put that out there. Don't, <laughs> Dan, are, are we on the line with Nate Thompson right now? It's all his fault. Are we? Yeah, I mean, it probably is Nate Thompson's fault, Jim. You no, gotta... the, the moral of the story is don't go on dates on game day. Yeah, what the fuck? It was just, you know, meet up. There, it worked you know. for the first period. It did. Yeah, <laughs> but then he left. <laughs> I know, I'll take the blame for that because I, I don't think she really wanted to leave, but I did, and, you know, it doomed the flyer somewhat. Um what do you guys Just think, though? That's the moral of the story. Yeah. I think I would rather have them won this game in overtime than for them to have squeaked it out 3-2 to because I felt like it would have left a sour taste in my mouth if they if they won 3-2 the, to in The momentum came back in their favor, yeah. Right? I think that means a lot. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow night after the overtime victory. If they would have won 3-2 regulation, um, I'm kind of still feeling like tomorrow night's going to be – I don't Whoa. know what to expect. That a boy. Jim starts talking. I need to take a shot. <laughs> Same. No, I, I totally agree with you, Jim, because like now I feel like they've got a little bit of oomph and they got a little bit of momentum because they were fucking thrilled when Phil Myers and that shot went in. If they had just eked it out, they probably would have been like, oh, we probably can't do that all tomorrow and they're all going to be tired. But now they probably have a little bit of extra juice because it's like, well, we almost blew that. But we didn't, so now let's just go get them, boys. <laughs> let's try it again. I, you know what? They, I always, in, the, in the locker room, they found out the NBA canceled all their games for the day, and they were reinvigorated. <laughs> I uh, I was just – after our game one loss, I, uh, I immediately thought, like, game three and but back end of a back-to-back. I mean, last series, we obviously lost on the second day of the back-to-back, but if we can win – Today and tomorrow, I thought, I thought basically the series would look so much better than like, and because you just have so much more energy after going like back to back in the playoffs, like winning both games. I I just don't see the energy really dying down after a performance like that, unless if they play completely awful and Carter Hart just bails him out like he did several times in Montreal. So that's my uh, name of the game thus far for the Flyers. We're going to get bailed out by Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the one concerning thing for me in this is that usually the Flyers are like the ultimate third period team. And we were seeing the opposite a little bit here. Like 
they're they need to really i mean they took the foot right off the gas shortly after the second period started and they kind of coasted and it caught up to them now they should have a lot of energy coming out uh here tomorrow tomorrow evening like they should be pushing the pace because the islanders obviously expended a lot more energy than they did in that third period i think that's a fantastic point and i 100 percent agree yeah, if you're the Islanders, you came all the way back to tie that game only to lose. And if you're the Flyers, it's like, hey, you bent, but you didn't break. And you have to feel good heading into tomorrow. Now you win both, like, uh, who, who was talking, Noah? Now if you yeah. win today and you win tomorrow, to Noah's point, you're feeling pretty damn good heading into game three. Yeah, 100% agree. Four. Tomorrow night's a huge game. Yeah, you just got to grind the Islanders out some more. You know, the, the, you know, the thing is, they, they started grinding them out, but they let it go. If you just keep them to the sides, keep them on the boards, it's fine if you're not pushing for goals because they're not going to get goals either. Problem is they let the Islanders take the center. Yeah. You just yeah, can't make any mistakes against the Islanders because the Islanders are like the Canadians. and They'll jump all over your mistakes, and you saw that in both the second and the, the game-time goals today. So it was just a simple mistake by the Flyers and the the uh, Islanders were just able to quickly put it back on the net and cash in. So if you're going to play that tight defensive game and you're going to keep them to the outside, you got to make sure you can't make any mistakes. So you can't have any colossal fuck ups like you did today. Cause they'll jump right on, right on top of it. It's the biggest difference from the Canadians and Islanders. It's essentially the same pace of the game, the same style, but the Islanders are going to make you pay for the, your offensive fuck ups. They're going to put the puck in the back of the net. Whereas Montreal struggled to uh, ultimately score on a regular basis. That's the uh, biggest difference in this series. Otherwise, it's uh, pretty much the same. But yeah, if the Flyers can replicate that first period more often as we go on here, it's a much better chance of winning than trying to not keep three goals out of your net in the last period. Just keep in mind, their road record in the bubble is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they haven't, uh, they haven't lost when wearing white, which is a yeah. pretty good thought. Has Greedy got there yet? He did, he but went it was to Ohio. Toronto, Ohio. Yeah. yeah, it was Ohio. That was a that was a sad chronicle there. I can't see <laughs> him being able to cross the border. Yeah, yeah. I believe uh, Batman said they didn't invent a test that was big enough to fit up his nose yet. Yeah. Wow. It's a shame. It really is. Uh, can you just imagine him just hanging around in the stands? It'd be phenomenal. That'd be great. <laughs> Him just running around the whole uh, Scotia Bank and then just pounding on the glass. Yeah. Man, what else do the Flyers need? That's to, ratings right there. See, what I see happening is him and whoever whoever they're playing's mascot slide down the the uh, the chairs and the, you know and that little <laughs> covering they got, and then just like blasting through the glass and just landing on the ice. That Maybe be falling on a guy. Did. My God, put the respective mascot on their side of the bench. And just banging the glass the whole time. You don't need fans. You need two mascots. That's it. Man. I would love to see the mascots fight to Put the me death, in actually. I can fucking yeah. turn this business around. I say we I say we determine the, the winner of playoff series by which mascot is more loved. <laughs> I, mean, wasn't yeah, expecting, yeah, I wasn't expecting you to say loved. I was expecting <laughs> something like really dark. <laughs> Do so, the Islanders so, um, we know who wants a chance to win. You know, finally get the Stanley Cup for those uh, Golden Knights who have just had poor luck in their entire career. Oh, yeah. I know. I feel so bad for them. So much. Too much, man. 
I think Mark he, I think Flurry okay? Did he, uh, you know, go to the hospital after getting stabbed with that sword? I just bought another Mark Andre Flurry jersey. If they fucking trade him, I'm gonna be so pissed. But um, was there was there um, sword holes in it? No, actually, I don't think so. <laughs> so you know, it's not game worn. Uh, that's no. actually pretty good. No Look sword holes. No. I like the black jersey. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the white one. Yeah. But I the agree. black Most one looks sharp. Gray. <laughs> they need a goddamn Sparkle. gold alternate is what they need. They do. I think that's what they're going for. I think, um, I think what's their owner's name? Um, Foley, right? Isn't that their owner's Bill name? Foley? I think he said, Nick Foley? I want to say that. <laughs> Nick Foles. <laughs> mankind? <laughs> yeah, Mankind. You'd love? Uh, I'm pretty sure he said that they were uh, they're trying to find something that like really screams like Vegas and gold and is really flashy, but not make it like ugly looking either. Well, Adidas is gonna fuck it up one way or the other. So you know what you know what they need light up jerseys. <laughs> they need the like those uh, those ugly sweaters where you just have like a you have a message printed out it's like Vegas Golden Knights. Exactly, it's, it's, flashes times. You know, it's just like age, like a, um lights on the strip of Vegas. You just it, it has to happen, guys. Bill Foley, need, there's his name. They need all the ushers in the uh, T-Mobile arena to be like those guys on the street corner in Vegas handing out those cards. And the cards light up too. And they're shaped like the drums. Yeah. Speaking of, though, uh, they mentioned on the telecast that Marc-Andre Fleury might be a Seattle Kraken. Could you imagine? Could you you imagine if he goes to Seattle and then they they beat Vegas to go to the Stanley Cup final and then they win in 2022? And JVR scores the game-winning goal? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, you weren't here for that. I missed that whole combo? Oh, yeah. You missed it again. Let's not bring it back up. I thought he was going to score for your birthday, Dan. The anchor! <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury's about to turn 36. Holy shit. He still yeah. looks like he's 15. He kind of does, yeah. With that new iPhone. Sure. It's, Vegas, it's that Vegas lifestyle. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't think the Vegas lifestyle is keeping him young. Maybe it was just getting away from Jim Rutherford. A whole lot of blowing hookers. I don't think that's a good for you. I don't know. Adriano. Oh, no. oh. looked like he was having a lot of fun that summer of 2018. <laughs> Probably it was. all started in Vegas. You're only as old as you feel. <laughs> I uh, physically am 24. Spiritually, I'm about 104. Speaking of Rutherford, how did the Leafs get to fleece the Pittsburgh Penguins? Oh, my <laughs> God. Because Jim Rutherford thinks that um, Jack Johnson is a good defenseman. Oh, I was I was waiting to see Jack Johnson be on the return, and then when I saw he wasn't, I'm like, how the how the hell did the Leafs do this? Like, how do they like the Leafs have been like the kings of doing awful maneuvers in terms of money, and they finally do a good job at clearing up some cap space. Although I've seen reports that um, Dubis has not said that the 15th overall pick is securely um, with the Toronto Maple Leafs and that he is not done. So Uh, we shall see what happens with that. Well, the reports here in uh, Toronto are that he has openly called teams saying Freddie Anderson is available. 
Engvall is available. Andreas Johansson is available. Uh, Kerfoot is available. And I think there was one other player. So he's actively trying to clear room. And that leads me to believe that I, I think it's the defenseman from St. Louis. If they get rid of Anderson, who the hell is in net? Yeah. A broom with pads. Jack Campbell. Jack, I loved him in L.A., but he he's not a starter. Oh, the Leafs no. have money retained on Robin Lanier somehow. Maybe they can go get, um, what's it called, the uh, Zamboni driver. Scott Ayers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, <it is. laughs> there you go. Scott Ian is their goalie? Like, from Anthrax? Oh, Ian Scott. I gotcha. All right, we're good. Yeah, I don't... You know what? They're, they're going to sign Robin Lanner. Kashmir Kuskusko. Kwaskisku. Kaskaiswo. Kask. Something like that. So, yeah, they, you get what I'm getting at here. K A S K I S U O. Wouldn't surprise me. I. I remember when uh, when Garrett Sparks was the next great uh, Toronto Maple Leafs goalie because <laughs> he got a shutout in his NHL debut. The I mean, that was designed for his pads. <laughs> I will say his pads look pretty cool, but he much the more old uh, pads. Trevor Kid pads. Garrett Trevor Sparks. Kid, that was he was a good goalie. I liked him. The uh, Golden Knights. There you go. He's going to replace Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> I still remember when the Leafs traded Tuka Rask because they had the heir apparent in that. Oh, I forgot. I forget his name. Uh, Andrew Raycroft? <laughs> no, no, no. They had a, a kid from the Western Hockey League that was lighting it oh, up yeah, and he yeah. failed miserably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, didn't Boston want him and, and the Leafs were like, no, 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 no. Take this Tuka Rask kid from Finland. It yeah, pretty Gustafson, much. Saying, right? He or did he play for the Wings? Bring back Vesa Toskala. Just out of curiosity, was Mike Milbury, um, you know, piece consulting on that trade? <laughs> well, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> that, that's that's you know we we know that. But I'm just curious if he was consulting the Leafs on that trade. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like I, I tweeted this out. Um, Mike Milbury has failed at pretty much every part of the game of hockey. He has mm-hmm. failed at being an NHL player, an NHL coach, an NHL GM, an NHL commentator, and an NHL analyst. Like, I mean, look, if, if there was a part of the game that involved beating your fans with their own shoe, he'd be an all-star. Wasn't fan, though. Wasn't, he, wasn't he a New York fan? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was... He was a hockey was, fan, so... If it was go. like 1960, he may be fine, but... Uh... Do you guys want to play the Mike Milbury game? Who can say the most offensive thing first? Huh? We're going to give the worst takes ever and say (laughs) that the Flyers are getting lucky and Carter Hart, all these shutouts are just pure luck. Carter Hart is good, but not great. I believe that was a... Mike Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury, fact or fiction? Mike Milbury used a racial slur while calling a hockey game. Probably. If John Cherry lasted as long as he did, I'm sure Mike Mailberry did something like that. Okay, so the answer would be fiction. However, he did 
make questionable comments about P.K. Subban when he was on The Predators and said that he needed a wrap on the helmet and he called him a clown repeatedly. So people took that as a, a racial... And event. he survived that? Yeah, he did. He Dude. did. Well, what year was that? Well, was, Predators. It was that when he was on The Predators. Yeah. So well, it, had been, it would have had to been like Two years 2016 <laughs> to like 2019. Yeah. So, yeah, we had PC culture then. <laughs> Okay, I fact for fiction. Mike Milbury once offered another team every single draft pick in one year for the number one overall selection. Oh, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I actually heard this, so I'm gonna say true. Yeah, I want to say true as well. I'll join the group. I'm sure I heard this. It is true. I don't know which uh, draft pick it was, but apparently Mike Milbury offered every single draft pick one year for for a player, and he was rejected. And by the way, Garth Snow did the same thing a couple years later. I want to say it was 99 that he did that. I think it was 1999. I could be wrong, though. When was um when was Day drafted? Was he GM a GM or not? Because <laughs> I feel like that would have been it. Let's see here. Okay, because he got Yashin, so he got quite the superstar from Ottawa. Hmm. Ten worst Mike Milbury trades, contracts, and transactions. Oh yeah, you go down a little rabbit hole with Mike Milbury. There's so many things. <laughs> How about this one? Was- Fact or fiction? Mike Milbury once made a player cry. Oh, oh my fact. god. Um, yeah, it's gotta be a it was six, and it was because he beat the, the hell out of him? It was no, his, in the NHL. It was his, uh, it was his son, and uh, he said he sucked on the bench. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's true. I'm saying true to everything just because I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, going with it's the true. Fact. During an arbitration hearing with Tommy Salo, he oh actually went God. in there and made Tommy Salo cry. Uh, there's two <laughs> different stories. That? Yeah, there's two different stories. So one story is, uh, so Salo ha- was making 300 grand and he wanted 1.1 million. The Islander said, no, we're going to give you 750. So the arbitrator has to pick either 1.1 or 750. He went on a tirade calling Tommy Salo the most unconditioned athlete on the New York Islanders and that he was personally responsible for allowing X number of goals in the last five minutes of games during the course of the season. He went on to say that he had no heart, that he was a terrible, terrible player, that he was going to send him to the IHL and that he actually signed Wade Flaherty to be the backup goalie for the Islanders that year. And there's two stories here one is that tommy salo excused himself went to the bathroom came back and was visibly seen crying and the other one was that throughout this tirade tommy salo actually was crying right there at the table in arbitration how do you do that to a player like you're trying to sign them and you go and you berate them it reminds me of what wasn't it shirelli who like blamed like um reader for like all the teams like not like non-ability to score or something like that like wasn't it Shirelli I know it was on the I know it was the Oilers I'm pretty like 99% sure Shirelli was like Tobias Reader is the reason that we could not score because he he stupidly made a trade or or signed Tobias Reader thinking that he would be like 
a 35 goal scorer and he ended up scoring like what like six goals or something that season could you imagine if nate thompson was an rfa <laughs> look at all the ammo that chuck fletcher would have according to twitter <laughs> yeah he just has to bring up all the tweets and you know <laughs> i know you that, think, I think this NHL guy... players have a mean tweet session i don't think good I mean, minus Warchick because he blocks them all. <laughs> you guys think NHL players give a shit about their Corsi after games? No. Probably not. There's probably they a don't. sliver that do, but I would assume the vast majority don't. Uh, I would imagine not many even know like, <laughs> what Corsi even is. <laughs> I want to think that they're just like, what the hell is this Corsi? Like, yeah. I shot the puck. <laughs> That's all I was there to do. <laughs> Yeah. I can imagine a guy like Mark Stone who takes pride in his defensive play after a game, maybe checking it, and then Mark Andre Fleury goes, "Hey, let's go to the uh, let's go to this club that I know." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. Forget Corsi. Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> or they just go out into the ice with iPhone 11s and strap them to, to the goalpost. Oh, like the commercial. I've seen that commercial seven million times. <laughs> yeah. Along with every other. Got, fucking, they have five commercials you just go back to, and every fucking break, I like, got, dude, I can't tell you. Are you guys seeing the same commercial that we are up here in Canada? Are you seeing a $5 footlong commercial every two minutes? Oh, my. No, the, I'm seeing uh, what's his name from San Jose in every single commercial. Oh, I don't think so. Brent Burns in like every Jose. single commercial. We got uh, David Posternock knitting. Yeah. Yes. I love pasta, though. We got Paul missed in that. Oh, for fuck's sake. God. <laughs> Which actually, funny thing, I replied to someone's tweet about seeing, uh, probably seeing Paul Bissonnette more than any other player in the playoffs. And I made a tweet, like, is it Paul Bissonnette or Paul Missinette? And he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's absolutely, like, searching for names on Twitter. Oh, there's and the like, Pasternak yeah. one now. I do little but, time more each time I'm in the box. But yeah, mm. Bud Light really missed an opportunity here. Do any of you guys remember the uh, Bubble Hockey League commercials from the late 90s, early 2000s? Chris, I'm 24. We just went over this. I'm no, 20. I don't remember what happened in the late 90s. Uh, I can't remember. I remember the highlighted hockey pucks on Fox. Where's Nick ah. when you need him? He's like 57. He would know all that. <laughs> Wait, I'm 32. Right Did you hear that? He, if you just if you listen real quietly, you could just hear Nick in the background from miles away yell, "I'm not old." But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, these commercials were like you know the bubble hockey game, you know with the with those sticks you just, you slide the players across the uh, the I'm board familiar. and you can yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they I had commercials where where they the, the characters talk and they form their own league. You know, at one point Wayne Gretzky was like their Sounds their like a uh, commissioner. Movie. What? <laughs> I want my bubble hockey players oh. to come alive? Fuck that! Oh, it's fantastic. It's like Toy Story. That's like Toy Story, but with hockey. It it was well, oh, fantastic. Google Google the video, the uh, commercial if you get the chance at some point. I'm gonna have to because they, they were fantastic. <laughs> oh shit! Anybody All right, on here smoke weed? Fiction. This one's Jim. for you, Jim. This one's for you, Jim. Factor fiction. Mike Milbury, during an NHL draft interview, once talked to a player about sex. True. That's, I mean, that's undoubtedly true after what he just got fired for. I, I, <laughs> here's my question, though. 
Did he Maybe know it was fired. a sexual innuendo, or did he just say it and went, oh, well, the kids are saying it. I figured I'd jump on it. No, no, no. He explicitly asked the kid. Oh. He, he, well, I say kid. He's 18. Yeah, what was the actual question? Do you know? Yeah, he was on uh, Spitting Chicklets, uh, this this draftee. Remember Damon Lankow? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> okay. I actually that really like it. Actually, it's Lanco. Lanco. That draft... <laughs> Got his game-worn Kyle Oh, my God. Of course. Of course, dude. He had it right there, ready and waiting. Yeah. I, just, I had a feeling Lanko was going to get brought ready. up to me. I got so this, this guy who played on Lanko's line, Terry Ryan, was on Spitting Chicklets, and he said that when he met Mike Milbury, Mike Milbury was a real jerk to him, like right from what? the beginning. And all of the Islanders' scouts were asking him polite questions, and then basically Mike Milbury did something like, oh, yeah, you're a real tough guy, huh? Well, explain this, tough guy. He's like, let's say you're out at, you're out at the bar with this Lanco fella, your best buddy. And you go and you meet these two broads. And you end up leaving the bar and you take the chick home. And then, uh, you know, it's uh, 10 minutes to 11 and curfew's at 11. And she spreads her legs and she says, F me. And he said the actual word. What do you do, huh, tough guy? What do you do? You got curfew in 10 minutes. And the, the guy goes, well, I'd bang her for five minutes, and then I'd drive really fast to back, back home. And he said, get the fuck out of my office. something at him. I mean, that's, that's I would have said the same thing, except I would have said nine minutes, and then, you know, I'll use – actually, one minute, and I'll use the rest of the nine minutes to get home. Uh, like, him getting ready for the second period. <laughs> Dude, I didn't, I didn't realize oh. I had that much time left between uh, periods. I could have swore they were a lot longer than that. Um, yeah, well, uh, what the guy did from the Seahawks is he'll dress her up and like you know as one of his teammates and bring her back to the hotel room. Oh my god, did you, see, did you hear about that crazy shit? Man? It was fucking hilarious. Come on, I, I need to hear about this. What what happened? So I forget who it was. There was a player from the Seattle Seahawks and he was out. Uh, they have like a kind of a, a team bubble hotel in Seattle that they're kind of like all the players are voluntarily going into and all that other sort of stuff. And he was out at the bar late night with a chick and obviously no chicks or outside people are allowed back into the hotel room. So what he did is he dressed her up as the punter. Like he got her like a helmet and the jersey and the pads and everything <laughs> and tried to sneak her in as he dressed her up as the punter and tried to sneak her into the hotel room. And then he got caught because the security cameras were just like, yeah, no, this is, this is clearly a woman. We're not fooling anybody. And then he, I think he got released by the team. Did, they, did she practice doing snaps? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so like, I swear, it's he's he's the punter, and like here, give him give him a chance to play. Have him have him kick the ball in the lobby. We, we had a guy do something like that. I don't know if he went through all that trouble to sneak her in like that, but he tried to bring in a girl, pissed, curfew, and easily got found out. And we were all we all got in trouble the next day. So, like, we all kind of hated his guts for, like, at least a day. Um, yeah, that curfew thing. And then Manny, with, you know what I think with, with that curfew question? And I'm just trying to look at it from different perspectives here, guys. So, bear mm, with me. Boy, here we go. But uh, if I'm asking somebody that question, like, why am I asking them that question? I want to see how they react. I want to see if I could shake them. Because it's such an – I mean, I'm not in this guy's mind because he's a nut. It's such an off-the-wall question to ask somebody. I want to see how they react to this. Is this going to shake them? Are they going to answer me honestly? They're going to give some BS answer because, you know, uh, 
75 no, I, you know what I mean? I, get, I totally get what you're saying. How about the you ask him if he's good at hockey? What the fuck does... Uh... Yeah. It just well, it, like it's one of those Sophie's Choice questions, right? Would you pick the team over the girl or vice right. versa? But right, the thing right. is, is that the questions before that question, he was amping up the animosity with this player. He right. was like, oh, yeah? Well, I bet you I heard that this Langkow kid got more points all of your points were because of Lankow. what do you think <laughs> about that tough guy and he kept instigating him hey he's trying to see if he's soft or not hey he's trying to see if he's visibly shaken just from an interview uh, yes the good old the good old uh tough guy mentality that every hockey player needs to have well you hey know. dan carcillo uh threatened on twitter to go and punch uh, mike milbury today <laughs> that, really? that guy was hilarious he said yeah. he, was, he, went, he was going through Toronto. He was the one who punched uh, Joe Pavelski, yeah. Yeah, but he was, he was looking yeah. to find Mil- Milbury to punch, so he had to settle for Logan Gator instead. Now, Logan Gator, that's it. Dude, he should have just gone to the uh, Space Needle. Fair, when, uh... but but it was in response to Logan Gator whining about getting punched for supporting Trump or something. In dumb Canada. Shit like that. Yeah. Did he really get punched? I hope so. That's what he said. I haven't seen any video or anything to verify it, but he said, yeah, I got punched in the face for talking about voting Republican and supporting Trump Speaking in Toronto. In face, somebody just got killed in the Tampa-Boston game. Who? Like, actually, he, he might be chance. dead. <laughs> oh, his head's still <laughs> attached. We're good. He doesn't look like he's home, though. Uh, who's that, Palat? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of head still attached, do you guys see that hit Niskanen put on uh, Johnston? Yeah, that one might get that good. Was... You think so? Bullshit. It's I don't fine. think I don't know. so. I saw like, player safety was like maybe thinking about it because he's yeah. like he got in front of him and kind of like clipped his head. So they're like, oh, he, you know, he went back and intentionally went for the head. I mean, I thought I didn't think it was that bad, but I don't think it was a bad like, at all. I, it I depends. Think it was bad at all. Like he's a repeat he, offender. Like he kind of hit him. He looked unconscious to me for a second. Well, he would be a re- would be a repeat offender now because he got suspended last series. Yeah, but here's the big factor. Did the Islanders promote a tweet of the hit in slow motion? <laughs> uh, not yet. What From the like fuck the just happened over there, Jim? <laughs> Jim! <laughs> we're, uh, we're doing a show here. You want to come back? The girl came back. Yeah. Round <laughs> <laughs> <God. Down> two. <laughs> The cat came back the very next day, or in this case, it was not a cat, and it came back hours later. It was probably pussy one yeah, way or the he other. He ditched the fires and he ditched Dan. What the hell? Oh, man. Damn. Hmm. Do the Flyers even have a mascot, or is it just Mike Milbury with a white beard and a raincoat, the Captain Highliner guy? Now, Gr- Gritty is very, very uh, progressive. If, if you, you know, seen him, he. He dresses like Wonder Woman. He's in Pride Parade. Exactly. He's, he's a cool Gritty dude. Is, Gritty's, Gritty just loves everyone, man. Except for 13-year-old kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey! And, and, um, and Jim! Sorry, guys. My battery was going to die. I didn't realize I was on 1%. <laughs> Way to prepare for the show there, bud. I just, I totally forgot. I went a little bit overboard with the show before and just didn't even. Are you talking about that girl again or? No, 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 no. (laughs) There was actually a show. 
Um, yes. So, Ross Johnston. Did he look like he was knocked out to you guys for like a, like oh, a second? What? I was hoping. Like from the time that he, the shoulder hit his face to the time that his butt hit the ice. Like, I think he might have been knocked out for like a second. I think he might have a concussion. I wouldn't. Don't I would bet that he's head. not in tomorrow night's game. I feel I like it was wasn't more of that a bad. did that just happen kind of reaction, not a I'm can't actually think right now. Maybe yeah. it just looked it looked like Niskanen kind of went for the shoulder and then he kind of he made most of the contact with like the chest, but like kind of hit Johnson a little bit on the. Uh, I mean, this is just one angle that I saw. It looked like it maybe like the top of his shoulder kind of. With yeah. like his chin. It doesn't yeah. look that's, like he targeted like his head. Pretty... It's just kind of how they collided. I'm watching that's it right the, now. That's the concussion like... button, folks. When you when you hit somebody in the chin, boom, quick concussion. What is this, Rock'em Sock'em Robots? <laughs> he, he didn't like, I don't think he targeted the head. It just looks like that's it just didn't... how they collided. Yeah, I agree. Johnson was going for it's the like puck, and stepped in front of him and, and hit his head. Dude, it's like if Chara hits Nathan Gerby. Like, Chara's going to hit his head no matter where he is. Nathan Gerby like can Nathan only Gerby fight uh, Travis Sanheim. Yeah. <laughs> can we not talk about that? He's fine, Jim. He's moving his legs, for fuck's sake. He took Why, two strides before he fell down. Did he? Yeah, he's fine. Maybe he was yeah, out Here's the question. Did, did he stay down to uh, try to get, you know, to get the team, get the game to slow down, or did he stay down because he's got a neck injury? Yeah, Milbury said From he's faking it. The other uh, angle, yeah, it doesn't even look like he hit his head. Pretty. Somebody's got the hit from the opposite side of the building here. He doesn't touch it at all. I saw one where it's like kind of be like you can't really see where Niskanen's shoulder really hits, but it looks like it kind of definitely whiplashes. But it's hard just, to it's hard to tell where he hits him. We need the Canadians to find this like damn me. angle here from in the corner. Where we can see this. <laughs> Slow it down. Uh, Back and to the left. <laughs> Yes. Back and to the left. It's the JFK video all over again. The Islanders are looking for the Canadians. Wait, wait. Back guy. up a second. <laughs> I, swear, I was just watching a documentary last night. What's this back and to the left thing? It's when they're reviewing the JFK assassination. Yes. And they're trying to figure out if it was more than one shooter or whatever. Because they, they... they shot him through the front, right? This is no, Jim's wheelhouse no, from behind. But it's all about like... There's a lot of conspiracy about that because of like the way the the way the bullet with like where Lee Harvey Oswald would have been like the bullet kind of goes like right and left like there it's like a weird trajectory where they're like they have an explanation but it's like the most like the magic bullet theory that's literally yeah. what it's called yeah it's yeah. called the magic bullet theory yeah well the, uh, the actual explanation is that the way that Kennedy was positioned in the vehicle is not how you're yeah. supposed to be sitting in a car. He was sitting like on the hood, the rear hood, not in the seat itself. So he wasn't aligned like the the original drawing has it aligned. So, I mean, it was a straight shot, but the weird thing is his head snaps back versus snapping forward like you'd expect from a bullet to the thing. back. Yeah, but, uh, and, also, and we I know mean, now that uh, Nate Thompson did that. It was definitely <laughs> Nate Thompson's fault. <laughs> Well, well, you know, Nate, Nate Thompson is five from Umbrella Academy and, and just killed uh, kill Kennedy. <laughs> Did you guys watch that show? Yeah, I do. Just uh, binge that second season of my uh, family. I found that all weird. I like the whole uh, Babushka Lady vibe that they, the whole, that whole uh, thing. 
that whole episode with with the with the lady. Yeah, yeah that was yeah the Babushka lady. None of my family knew anything about that, and they I was talking about. They just looked at me like I was speaking Mandarin. So yeah, highly recommend Tampa if you now, haven't seen it. Yeah, very good. This game is wild. Did not expect to be talking about the Zapruder film on a flyer. No, that, that was <laughs> yeah. my birthday bash turned into conspiracy theory network. Yes. <laughs> I just watched a good one last night. So, uh, World Trade Centers. No. <laughs> inside job. <laughs> Jet fuel doesn't melt no. steel. 100% inside job. Happens all the time. Jim, you want to talk I'm about QAnon while we're here, for fuck's sake? <laughs> Wait, talk about what? You want to talk about QAnon while we're here? Yeah. <laughs> of course, more your no. bullshit oh, opinions did, on everybody. Did Hitler really kill himself, or was it someone else? Oh man, I think Hitler could never be alive. Argentina, because Elvis Presley went down there after he went into the FBI because Nixon told him to kill to pretend to kill himself. Yes, that's an actual, or is it the CIA? They, I don't know. Yeah, they the CIA is so corrupt. <laughs> CIA is the root of everything. <laughs> Going on on my show. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Kurt somewhere else. But, but speaking of Hitler, have you guys seen Nazis at the center of the earth? Speaking of Hitler, have you listened to Jim's show with Jim Dow lately? <laughs> Thank you for that. Very nice promo. What's this Hitler thing? I'm going to write this down. Oh, uh, Nazis at the center of the earth is this conspiracy that the Nazis went to uh, Antarctica. And it's this B movie where they turn Hitler into like the uh, the mecha Hitler from. Um, uh, is this like not movie. real? It's it's. Well, I mean, th- th- there was a there is a, is a like a fringe fringe theory that they went to Antarctica, but someone yeah, made a B movie out of it. It was fantastic. <laughs> like like Hitler ends up being like a mecha boss at the end of the movie. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they made something like that also with like the whole uh, the Nazis went to the moon type thing. Yes, Iron Skies. What? Yeah. What's going on? Nazis went everywhere. They have like a Sarah Palin like person as president. It is fantastic. Germans would have went to the moon first if it wasn't for, uh, you know, the whole being fascist, the whole World War II thing, thing. stealing all this. The World War II thing kind of got in the way of their world domination. Well, what what happened is all their scientists that screw this went to the United States. Yeah. Or the Russia. Or Russia. Well, they didn't choose to go to Russia. They're kind of told to go to Russia, and they said, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... I mean, when, when, when Russia says you gotta come, you, 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 you don't, don't say no. Yeah. It's, better for your, it's better for your health if you say yes. Stalin made him an offer he couldn't refuse. It's okay, let bullets start good for you. <laughs> Try it. Russia, you, guys, yeah. you hear about that guy that just got the opposition leader in Russia that just got poisoned? Or yeah. No? You heard about that guy? Yeah, yes. shocking. I saw something. <laughs> Real shocking news. What, what's really shocking is they didn't have an escape plan immediately to get him out of the country should he be poisoned. I heard oh. Bernie Sanders did it. I don't know. <laughs> Not Nate Thompson. Heard, yeah, it probably Nate was Nate Thompson. It no, it was JVR. <laughs> JVR doesn't do shit. You know, J- That's Nate what he wants you to think. A lot of bad things. I agree. It's common. They also burned down the the library of Alexandria back in whatever BC. Nate Thompson did this? (laughs) That bastard. That was Dean Hextall. Nate Thompson. You you just go back and everything is Nate Thompson. 
I have been blaming a lot of my daily life on That's actually really funny. That's actually really funny. Any unsolved crime in history has been Nate Thompson. Today on Unsolved Mysteries. The case of the missing 4C. Charles Lindbergh's son. Nate Thompson. Jack the Ripper. Well, the other good things, I guess, are uh, are Morgan Frost because I don't know. Everyone wants him in the lineup. Oh the, Bad idea. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be a good NHL bear player. Emphasis on gonna eventually. Wait, I mean, dang, go on your like four minute. Do Morgan I do Frost I need to yell about Morgan Frost <laughs> on my birthday? Like, who is the shithead who wrote the article last night? That's like, man, Morgan Frost needs to be in here, man. Like. I was at the PPL Center every night. He's not ready. He's not ready. He's got some nice hands, which, to be fair, they are getting relatively desperate offensively. So I get the theory here. But if your idea is just to pluck Nate Thompson out of the lineup and plop Morgan Frost in his spot as 4C, the guy's going to get eaten alive. He's not going to have any success from that role. If they do what they did when they first brought him up the first time in, in November, and they put him with Drew and Voracek or Drew and Konechny, and they I, I, I insulate him the best they can, maybe, maybe. But given how physical this series is, how defensive this series is, that's just, that's not it. Those were his biggest weak spots with the Phantoms, especially physically. The guy was getting manhandled in the AHL. You think he's not going to get killed by Ross Johnston, Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas? The fucking list goes on. They've got nothing but big fucking dudes up in New York. It's just, it's defense, a bad idea. Like big Canadian boys. Yeah. In his defense, you just need one game, and then that whole complaint goes out the window. Because he won't be able to play anymore. He'll be dead. No, that is true. <laughs> Truth be told, Nate Thompson's done a pretty good job against Matt Barzell so far in two games. Yeah, I still don't want to try that lineup, that that matchup. That's a, no, that's a recipe for disaster. He wasn't playing uh, fourth line, really. Because now Barry Trotz is going to have the last line change because the Islanders are now going to be the home team. So I imagine Trotz is going to try and get that Barzell lineup against Thompson because even though it's worked out pretty well, I still feel like that's playing with fire, and that's probably not a good idea. Maybe he's like um, Chris Terry and Yager. He just, you know, knows how to solve for itself. Hey, Jim, you want to contribute to the show over there? Yeah, I'm just thinking. I just really like the way Nate Thompson plays. Um, that's why I kind of asked that analytics question, like, facetiously earlier. Um, because the, the guys in the locker room, after games, they don't talk about analytics you know they they talk about oh yeah thompson had such and such blocked shots or did you see him throw in the body dude these guys know getting hit with a hockey puck fucking hurts you know what i mean and so they appreciate that kind of stuff especially a guy from like nate thompson who's not gonna score 10 15 goals this season you know if, if he's out there throwing his body you know that shit hurts checking somebody does you know it fucking hurts yeah uh blocking <laughs> 90-mile-per-hour fucking shots. Ryan Pollock has fucking bombs. Sorry, I'm cursing. I, I hope everyone's cool with cursing. Um, Fuck them. Put, putting your body on the line <laughs> for the team, the guys appreciate that. I mean, a guy blocking a Shea Weber bomb is going to get your bench excited. It's something they're cool. going to talk about. You know what I'm saying? 
They're not looking, oh, what's my Corsi after the game? Did I shoot the puck 10 times? They don't give a fuck about that. And that's what I think some of the guys on Twitter, look, I'm even trying to get into analytics a little bit just so I can understand where these people are coming from a little bit. See, that's what I did at the beginning of the year. I, I took time to understand what at least the basic shit means expected goals for you know expected like shit like that i i understand what that means and it fucking means nothing to me now because i'm watching this hockey and bullshit but these are people that clearly never played the fucking sport in their lives <laughs> you know? yeah they're, they're, i played i played competitively for 10 years and and never once did i come off the ice and i was like oh shit i i didn't get enough shots on that and all it's like yeah. man I played like shit today or man, I played pretty fucking good today. And you know, you're, you're just like, did I, I got a goal to help my team out. I blocked a shot that would have gone in and would have tied the game or something like that. I never thought about how many more goals I should have scored or that I scored more than I should have or whatever the yeah. hell it talks about. Like no one gives I, a shit. I guess the kind of way I am here. Like, I, I already appreciate guys like, you know, Nate Thompson, um, Tyler Pitlick, everybody loves because he always plays hard, plays tough. Um, I've always kind of like admired guys like that who don't get a lot of the spotlight, but they go out and bust their ass every shift. I've always had a place in my heart for players like that. So I'm not going to go on Twitter and I'm not going to talk them up, but I'm not going to let people go out there and, and shit on these guys. Bingo. You know what, what I mean? Because it's, it's not fair. You're defending Nate Thompson. I mean, yeah, but kind of by default because he's receiving so much hate. I have to balance the fucking scale here. Yeah. If not, it's just going to be, oh, Nate Thompson's a piece of shit. Why is he on this team? Yeah. Well, he but serves now that you a purpose. Yeah, now, now like that you mentioned Tyler Pitlick, all you need to do is say he's the best defenseman on the Flyers, and his parents will find your tweet and like it. Is that so? <laughs> yeah, I'm not Remember kidding. when uh, Travis Sanheim's mom used to get mad at me for calling out Travis Sanheim? <laughs> get her on the show. I mean, Thompson is just the new whipping boy. It used to be Andrew McDonald. Yeah. You know, now we don't have anyone else to blame, so we might as well blame Nate Thompson. I mean, look at like look at the lineup round mid February. Like, I don't even remember what the team looked like or what the lineup construction was like before Nate Thompson and Daryl Grant got here. I'm just so used to what they had after the trade deadline and what they've been going through. They were still maintained even when they got Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, they were still on that nine game winning streak. And I think they came in the middle of it. So they know what to do and they know how to play with them. You needed a little bit of roster depth. You needed a little bit of depth to help you fill out this roster and get into playoff mode. The GM knows that I'm sure Elaine Vigneault stressed that to Chuck Fletcher so that he's like, I need, you know, these kind of pieces so that when I go into the playoffs, I have these types of players. You know, you can't always just rely on the young guns to come up. Sometimes it worked like it did with the Montreal series where you had Suzuki, Kakaniemi, and all those other players come in and they they hype up. But those are very high, high round draft picks. You don't have those really coming in for the Flyers. I mean, the highest you got is like Morgan Frost, but as Dan alluded to, he's not, I don't think he's quite ready for the NHL game. He'll probably need another offseason of training camp and, you know, a full NHL season where you can start tinkering with these lines and you can start getting these kids experience. The playoffs is not the time to get kids experience. Mm -hmm. It's the time to put in the lineup that you think gives you the best chance to win that day. Not even the series, just that day. And he didn't play in the round robin. I I think that's the biggest telltale here for me is that if they felt in any way that he would have played, he would have gotten a look in the round robin and he didn't. And I I think that play in the exhibition game. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was just kind of the whole thing. I was like, 
if he's not even going to play in a game that actually doesn't matter, like, why should he play in a game that really does matter yeah. when, like, they're going for like because this year they they were the hottest team going into the going into the pause and they everyone was like um the Flyers are looking unstoppable. It's like why would you why would you mess up with any of that chemistry and why would you bring in this kid who, yeah, he played pretty decent for a few games and he was called up, like but that was almost like that's over six months early ago. November. <laughs> Exactly. It it's like the end of August. It's almost a year ago at this point. Ah. I, I, I Holy shit, the Phillies won. Yeah. Wait, what? Didn't what? Make easy, wait, wait a second. Everything's coming I up find, Daniel today. I find it funny because the, the Nationals, didn't they post one about how like it's, <laughs> it's not as hard to beat, beat Philly and Philadelphia and make it out yeah. We all trash on the Phillies? <laughs> Every Wait, time hang I on a second. Tampa did Boston the Nationals play? actually play, or did they boycott as well? No, they played. Now they played. Okay, so because so, if the Phillies playing on the field by themselves, I'd still be shocked, but not as shocked that they won. Mm-hmm. I'd they, still played, play. uh, they played the Lehigh Valley Iron, Hall, Iron Pigs. Iron Pigs. <laughs> pigs. Get my animals confused. <laughs> Every time I look at this Tampa-Boston game, somebody's getting fucking killed with a high stick or a boarding. Well, they're murdering Good, like that, each other. It's, like, if the Flyers can get out this of this is bad. <laughs> Flyers aren't going to survive this. Holy shit. 4-1 Tampa. Yeah, looks, cup, well, I, wonder if, like, I wonder if one of these two teams, like whoever wins, is going to be so brutally like destroyed because of all the hard-hitting and high-sticking and everything that maybe we could have a shot at getting past them. The two teams going in that I feared all season long were Tampa and the Islanders. And the two teams that just yes. keep kicking ass and taking names are Tampa and the Islanders. God damn it. Exactly. Somebody get rid of these guys. Fuck. That's why I need it. That's why we needed Columbus to win. Take yeah. out. They take out the lightning. And then if Boston still won, Boston plays the Islanders. And I mean, Boston could probably Boston, I think could beat the Islanders and, I think we have a way better chance against Boston than the Islanders or Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree with that, Noah. But the thing is, is that this whole experience is such a an interesting philosophical debate. Like, remember everyone was ragging on the Bruins and saying, you know what, these guys are terrible. They're not ready. Half of them are out of shape. And then they kind of just waltzed through the round robin and finished fourth. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. It'll be like a light switch. We're just going to turn it on. And they kind of did. Yeah. Um, and they actually look really good. Because yeah, I thought they, I thought when Rask left, like that was when I was like, oh god, they're. I mean, sure, they got that game one victory, but it was in overtime, and and now Tuka Rask isn't going to play. Like, I, I thought they had no chance against Carolina. I, I, I'll flat out say it. I, I was wrong, and I thought they'd win. I thought they'd lose. Uh, and. They proved me wrong, and especially when Pasternak went out, I was like, "Shit, they're losing Tuka Rask and David Pasternak. Like, what else are they going to use? I mean, sure, they have um, Bergeron and pa- and uh, Marchand, and they have McAvoy on the back end, but like Pasta and Tuka Rask are their two most important players. And then Yaroslav Halak just decide, hey, I'm going to be pretty good, so." Yeah, I see Tampa Bay winning that series. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do I. If, if Tuka Rask was in there, it would have been real interesting. Um, but, I mean, it's just surprising. Like, you think Boston's down and out, and then they come together as a team somehow, and they do flip a switch. And then teams like the Flyers that were super hot win the first seed, and they kind of can't score at the moment, right? Yeah, that was Pretty the weirdest thing. Like, it was literally just like from the from the game against Tampa to first game for Montreal, it was just like just felt like a different team altogether. Like even though we won, it just felt felt different from the round robin to first round. Like there. Yeah. I think um, Ryan Lambert was right when he said that uh, the Flyers looked really good because nobody else was trying in the round robin. No, Lightning wasn't trying. Bruins weren't trying. Caps suck, so they weren't trying. Uh, They they were playing all these teams that really didn't care, and the Flyers are the ones that came in with something to prove. So they were firing on all cylinders, and it looked so much better because the other teams weren't even, like, trying to win the games that when it came to playing for keeps – uh, the, the Flyers just didn't know how to compete, how to react. Yeah, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I just wrote that article that got published today. Like, I think that when the Flyers hit the ice against Montreal in game one, Montreal's style of play just freaked the Flyers out so much that they didn't know how to respond. All of a sudden, they went from like a running gun, high offense, high tempo team to, oh shit, we got to play real tight and defensive because the Montreal forwards are just going to come at us and back check the ever-loving shit out of us. So now we have to play a tight defensive game. We can't make any mistakes, otherwise they're going to capitalize. And it kind of broke the Flyers' kind of style of play because they were used to just going up ice. They were like kind of like the Tampas or the Bostons where we're just going to get the puck in. We're going to play high danger. We're going to, you know, get up all the ice. And now all of a sudden they have to play this tight checking defensive game where you have a forward coming at you all the time whenever you have the puck, and you better make a quick, concise decision. Otherwise, that puck is going to get checked out, and then they're going to go the other way. The Islanders play the same exact way against the Mon- as the Montreal Canadiens. So their Flyers still aren't really playing their style of game. They still would kind of rather play like a Tampa or a Boston, where they can kind of just trade blows and try and shut the other team down. Now they have to play a very tight, defensive concise game and they got to learn to kind of play like that. So Montreal, I think broke them from game one and got them on this weird kind of funk that they're in. <laughs> the Bruins mm-hmm. have pulled Halak. Yeah. The Halak. Daniel have, what, Vladder. Daniel Vladder. Vladar. I'm pretty sure they just signed into an, a, uh, to an extension like a couple days ago. Cause I saw a whole bunch Vladar. of Boston fans saying that Tugarask is done in the city of Whoa, Boston. He's a, Motherfucker. Does not have any initial stats, so uh must be uh new or get him here. Get him. <laughs> I think, he's, I think he's oh, that played, bodes well. I think it was Providence's uh starter. Yeah, you know what's cool about the Flyers if they is they've played like shit for going on two weeks now and they're still winning games. How is that cool? Because once they start firing on all cylinders, they're going to be a fucking force. You're really dude, tooting and... on this horn about everybody's going to magically come together at some point. It's coming, dude. Uh-huh. It's, it's today was the start. Led by JVR, the anchor of the yeah. power play. Versus JVR, dude. Dude, today Has JVR t- got a point yet? At Although least I will that... give you credit, Jim. You did call it today. I did call four goals, right? I don't yeah. know if I called four three, but I said they got to score four, and they did. So I'm happy, man. That's the monkey off the back because they haven't been able to put the puck in the back of the net. And they did it a couple times today. Oh, so Monkey off the back. They look like a fucking well-oiled machine today. 
Yeah, man. Hayes came out looking looking good. Coop, JVR, 2019-20 right, so... playoffs, seven games played, zero goals, zero assists, minus two, two penalty minutes, zero power play goals, zero power play points, zero shorthanded goals, zero shorthanded points, zero game-winning goals, zero overtime goals, 12 shots, zero shooting percentage. JVR shot. sucks. You usually don't like seeing that many zeros except in your bank account. Ain't that the fucking truth? Give him a shot, AV. Hey, give him another shot. He's on his fifteenth second chance since the playoffs began. May as well try him one more time. Yeah, baby. It worked well on the third line. Let's do it on the first line. Yeah, baby. He needs EK and he needs G. Force him to get going. Play. If you guys want to score points, play with each other. Let's allocate every potential piece of talent the Flyers have to get JVR going. Fuck getting Katuri and Konechny going. No, we need JVR going. Who's got to go today? So, all right, just a couple questions real quick here because we've been talking about Coots. You know what I wanted to see from Coots? Exactly the kind of fucking goal he scored today. Because I'm really questioning if they had an alpha male on this team, you know, and he came out, that's an alpha male fucking goal. Sam Moran's an alpha male. That's exactly what I wanted to see from Couturier. Now it's like, okay, he fucking still has it in him. Now I want to see it more. I love that I saw that because it shut me up. Last night I was questioning Couturier. You know, maybe he misses his family. I get it. You know, maybe he wants, to, maybe his will to, to go home is greater than his will to stay in the bubble. Today, I, I'm not really questioning Coots anymore. That goal was exactly what I wanted to see. Is he elite? Ah, keep doing that, Coots. Let's see. Um, the other questions I have. I don't know about you guys, but AV's made some head-scratching moves. Uh, and you guys can tell me, playoff AV seems to be different than regular season AV. I don't know what you guys think. A little more uh, conservative. A maybe? little bit, yeah. Yeah, he seems a little more conservative. And, like, it seems like his, like, today, like, the offside review is a bit more of his, like, risky-type move. But it just seemed like a stupid, risky move because it, seemed it just seemed like it was something – like pulling the goalie it, in the third yeah. period with seven minutes left. It seemed desperate. Yeah, I don't see that kind of shit. Yeah, I think I said to I, you that, you know, on Monday, Jim, that uh, I'd change the goalie before I'd pull, pull uh, Hart with seven minutes left. Yeah, you have other yeah. Are Braden yeah. Coburn and Luke Shen on the same pair? Oh, yes, they my are. I didn't God. see that this morning. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a question about Travis Konechny. So, like, so... Obviously, in the regular season, Travis Konechny was just was just doing amazing things and was having a having a fantastic year. But he's really kind of disappeared in the playoffs. Do you think that he returns back to what he was this past season next yeah. year, or do you think he goes back to like before this season? Uh, I think Konechny's a guy that needs help. He's not necessarily a creator on his own as much as he is a very good team line kind of guy. And uh-huh. now that everybody else has disappeared, you need kind of connecting. You know, and it's why they've been able to move him pretty much in any position in the top three lines. You know, he I think realistically he's better served as kind of your second, third line physical, you know, Scott Hartnell kind of guy. You know, maybe Wayne yeah. Simmons depth physical guy, not necessarily this sniper. You know, he was in, he led the team in goals because, well, nobody else really challenged him and he got off to a really great start. And he just kind of, by default, was, you know, the leader there. So I think he's one of those guys, if you set him up to succeed and you, and you put him on the top line and tell him your role tonight is to go out there and score goals, he can probably do that, you know, in, in an environment where it's a little 
lesser contested than in a playoff environment. But yeah, he's uh, probably better served in that kind of uh, edgy uh, second, third pair. But another thing is we consider him a veteran. He is a borderline veteran, but he doesn't have that much playoff experience. Is he older than me? He's a veteran at his age. No, I think he's 22. But he's he's been on the team for like like three, four years. So he's he's like borderline veteran on the team but it's with the dave hackstall era which where he you know no one really did anything so we we we, we think of him as he's been here forever it's been, it's been four years play. for what it's worth yeah but he hasn't really hmm. had real playoff experience to be fair he was barely let whole... on the fucking ice during the third period through most of that time under yeah. old dave hackstall exactly so he has very little experience in this environment in this level of play so he just needs to get his feet wet. I'm thinking I think he'll be that's fine. the key for a vast majority of this team is oh, win yeah. or lose this year. They're so young. They got experience. There's so experience. little experience here. The one a lot of people are new, and the ones that were around were around in 2018 when they got curb stomped by the Penguins. You know, they're making runs this year. They're getting the experience, and and no matter what happens this year, they're going to come back next year even better. They'll yeah, have really an nice experience next year. Yeah. You think if uh, if Limblom gets to play? in these playoffs, do you think that's a big enough morale boost to get the guys going again, like getting them kind of firing on all cylinders or maybe not firing on all cylinders, but like just kind of the kick in the ass they so desperately need? I mean, there's no bigger rush, right? What more could you possibly do than have a cancer survivor come back into your lineup? <laughs> and I was exactly. far as a boost. I, like, so that has to be it. I, I, I have a theory on this. They're going to get eliminated like right before he's cleared. That's what's going to happen just because it's the Flyers. Yeah. yeah, conspiracy theory. But I mean, yeah. I, I think I, I think you'd be back. a boost for, for at least the first game. But my concern is that while he might be physically healthy enough to play, he's not he physically he's not physically conditioned. This series play, is awesome. Saying? Why was I not watching this last so, night? Johnson so and crew just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I, I just fear that someone like Marshan will just hit him once and then he's done. Yeah, I, I just agree. think the timing and everything is going to be Does awesome. anyone even touch him? Does anyone even touch Limblom? Because, you know, that that's an instant. If anyone touches Limblom. Oh, you know Matt Martin I, would wreck I his shit. Like kind of, oh, yeah. yeah, but I feel like any flyer, like, it'll be seen as an absolute, like, loss if if someone touches Limblom. And they not let fucking Nick Suzuki pat Carter Hart on the head and didn't do a goddamn thing about it. I don't think yeah. they care if Limblom gets killed along the boards. Yeah, Mar- Martian would definitely nail Lindblom. He'd go out in the game saying, oh, I'm going to nail Lindblom. That'd be yeah. his game plan from the minute he found out that Lindblom was playing. Well, here's the thing. Like, why not? Like, he's healthy. Like, he's playing in the game. I'm not going to hit him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. agree with you. Like, that, that's fair. He doesn't want to get he... hit. Don't go out on the ice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, the Flyers medical report officially stated the Ewing sarcoma, Nate Thompson's fault. Oh my God, we're going there with it. <laughs> he wasn't even on the team, but it's his fault. God he was already screwing up the team before he was here. I thought it was Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> nah, that Somebody... was Nate Thompson, man. Oh, this show. Oh, but but, but uh, you know, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald is is his father, right? <laughs> well, what if he James Van Reeve? My mom always would talk about she didn't like Mark Andre Fleury because. Every every great assassinator had three names: John Wilkes Booth, <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald, Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> yeah, but, but 
Nicholas Albe Kubel. Nathan Thompson. It uh, it uh, smells a little smoky in here. Am I am I on fire? You know what? I'm, hang on. Let me go make sure I'm not uh, burning down here as we speak. He farted. Be very good. He probably just farted. Now he's got to poop. Dan's hot date already came back. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Jonathan Marsa show had to apologize today. Did you guys see this? Wait, what? I did see what he did. I didn't think he did. He apologize? I at least didn't see it. He got into it with Vancouver Canucks fans who basically called him a diver, and he, he on uh, Instagram basically said varying responses from quote "Don't waste my time" to mocking their looks. And also suggesting that they engage in a lewd act with their own mother. Oh my god! Yeah, it was not like you thought. What Lias Anderson did when he threw his silver medal over the boards was bad. Like Jonathan Marshall kind of took it up several notches by going after them. I don't know if I. I'm a professional athlete. I don't know if I even have social media. No, you should. Yeah, I think I would. Not I think I would be active. It depends. I if you have a good sense of humor, you you'd be you'd be great. You know, you'd have fun. Fans would have fun. But if you're like I um, Jake Borchek, like a guy like Brad Marchand is good at it because like he doesn't take it too seriously. Like yeah. I don't know, he said something about like like go score another goal in your driveway, pretending to be someone like me or <laughs> some random fan. As much as I hate the guy, that's. That's such a funny response to like yeah. such a stupid tweet to reply to Martian with. No, there is no fire over here for what it's worth. I think the neighbors are having a big bonfire over there. I just want to make sure I wasn't casually letting everything burn down while I was doing a podcast. Save your thousand hockey jerseys. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> you got to save that Radovan Somic jersey. If you could only save one hockey jersey, which one do you take? The Samarin Game Warren. Game Warren. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say game worn Dimitri Tartishny. You don't even know who Dimitri Tartishny is, do you? He's the guy that got his head cut off by the boat. Yeah, the yeah. propeller, yeah. And the lightning scored again. It's a uh, 6-1 right now. <laughs> this poor Vladimir fellow, whatever the fuck his name was, Daniel Vladimir, 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 Vladimir. Lord Vader. Close enough. Oh man, that's I'm bon nasty. I'm suck your blood. This poor oh, bad rebound, dude. He's just getting eaten alive. This poor. Yeah. Fucker. yeah. One more goal, and he's gonna be clawing at the gate to get to get uh, Halak back Put out there. Back in. I give up. <laughs> Sugaras comes back and says, uh, "says I'm not gonna play. This is my last game in Boston, but you're in Toronto. <laughs> Where's Scott Ayers when you need him? <laughs> David Ayers." Yeah, whatever. His, yeah, they were there. Get his name right. Show get some respect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got beat by 42. I was thinking of the Phillies relievers from 08. Works for them. You know what would be great is if in the Stanley Cup clinching game, he needs to jump in as the emergency <laughs> goalie and he <laughs> wins. <laughs> so he gets to win the Stanley Cup. In Toronto, when Toronto isn't anywhere near the, the Leafs aren't anywhere near the game. Oh. Dude, Steve Dangle still still screaming about that. I guarantee <laughs> it. <laughs> that would God, be the greatest thing ever. God, it's only the second period too. It's gonna be like twelve-one by the time this game's over. 
The call says six of seven on here. Who didn't? Oh, Mike didn't show up. Yeah, Mike didn't show. The bastard. He's a busy guy, Mike. I guess. Guess are more important things. I'm surprised this many people showed up. Last time I tried to guess on one, well, three showed up. <sighs> who? Who was I one? That was the night you were gonna do your show with your fucking Nazi friend Jim Dowd. Stop calling him a Nazi, dude. Have you? I, I listen. You to your can't show. say it's that word. Bad. I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. What do you do? Cancel me again? That's an offensive word. Yeah, and he's an offensive offensive person. But does the shoe fit? He's, he's a member of the National no. Socialist Workers Party. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> he's a Nazi. No, he's not. He's a nice man. Who just hates uh, yeah, anybody? They're, that they're very nice people man. on both sides. Yeah, he's not a Nazi. He's a Nazi sympathizer. There's a difference. Oh well, in that case, <laughs> screw me. Like like Pinko Kami. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. It's pretty fun. <sighs> How long have I been going? One hour and a half. That's oh, not too bad. Hmm. How about the Coyotes? They uh, they lose only their second round pick this year and the first next year. Dude, that is funny as shit. They're getting punished for something a guy who ditched them did. So we're. Remember when? Um, remember how the the Jersey Devils were getting? Uh, they had to choose between like what was it, three or four years to lose a first round pick because For of the Kovalchuk. Because uh, and then they ended up giving them the thirtieth overall pick anyway. Yeah, they gave it back to them. They, they chose. They're like, you know what? It's okay. You can have it. It's like, you learned your what? lesson. <laughs> you learned your lesson by not getting penalized at all. Well, they they learned the lesson when Kovalchuk left. Yeah, I, because I believe so, his contract back. was still on the books. His contract was still on the books. He's still in the books for. Oh no, I I thought they put I thought they put him on LTIR basically the entire time or whatever. But I think when when he bailed and went to Russia, the, the, his cap hit at least to some capacity counted against He's theirs. Still on the double. I don't think it did because I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure recapture penalty. He's getting paid a quarter million dollars till twenty twenty five. By the devils. Listen, boy, have have any of you seen the uh, the picture of the recapture penalty for the National Predators on Shea Weber's contract? <laughs> <laughs> if like if it goes to his like sixth year, by his sixth year, they will have to have twenty four and a half million dollars of cap space allocated to Shea Weber, who will most likely not be playing in six years. Yeah, that that was that was a very bad contract that Paul Holmgren signed. Oh my god! <laughs> can I, you imagine if, actually, if we actually had him? Based on know, watching what, are, what I just saw in Montreal, he that fucker can still go. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. I'm not sure about six. I mean, but, I'm sure maybe he might just be like, you know what, I'll go. But like, why does he have to go for six more years, huh? I mean, unless if he thinks that Montreal is a is a legitimate shot at uh at winning the cup anytime soon, which they have some young players, I'm not sure if they're ready to go on like a big run anytime real soon. Not before Weber's in years. fucking wheelchair. If they replace, if they can replace uh, Price, three four years. Shit in his pants in a nursing home somewhere, and he's still under contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, boys. Oh, got Keith Primo, son. He's they a goalie. Oh, that's right. Cade Primo. Where's he? Yeah. Caden yeah, Primo is uh, 
I think he's their third guy. He's like, yeah, I think he brought him from yeah. bubble. Yeah. I think he's like the third string goalie. Flyers could have drafted him, but they traded the pick back to Montreal that year. But that's the thing. They, they always trade their, their back pick with Montreal. Yeah. It's tradition. Okay, we you don't mess with tradition, Ken. <laughs> Okay, we need Caden Primo. Continue the, had the Primo legacy. My first favorite fifth, hockey player was Keith Primo. He could have scored the fifth OT goal to win yeah. it for the Flyers in whatever game. Man. Keith Supremo. Hey, you bring Cade Primo in, I guarantee you he wins a uh, five OT game for us. <laughs> Makes a couple big saves. Wow, Keith and... Jones gets zero shots on goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can almost guarantee that one as well. See, what's going to happen is that they're going to have uh, Keith Jones on the bench then. That's going to be his gig. And it's going to bounce off of his headset. No one's going to notice. <laughs> this is going to go unseen <laughs> until after the game's over. Goes right to Kate Primo. Kate Primo is going to shoot it. And it's going to bounce weird, and the other goal is going to be like asleep or something because it's like 4 a.m. And uh, it's going to go in. What are your thoughts, Mike? Leave me alone. I'm eating my steak sandwich. God, I'm in the space needle. Leave me alone. (laughs) We talked about Toscala, and wasn't he he the goalie who led in that like 200 foot goal? Like, he was the original Steve Mason, yeah. The first one to let in a center ice goal. All the way. That's like the. That was like that guy's like only game-winning goal. It was like his one of like four goals ever, something like that. I, uh, I don't actually remember who scored that goal off the top of my head. I saw something about it. I I saw a Steve Dangitz on it because you know obviously he had to. <laughs> this is the first thing that goes. <laughs> Tosca, hundred ninety-seven foot shot. First thing that uh, comes up. Who the hell? Tony Lidman. Tony, that name rings about, was he a flame, maybe? Tony Lidman, Flames, Buffalo, Ducks. He's a defenseman. Yeah, 874 games. 36 goals. So, let's see. When did that goal happen? I think that was like 03 or 04. No, maybe. Let's see here. Why is it so hard to find? Is it in... uh, holy shit, that was loud. March 18th, 2008. So, it would have been a saber. Fuck, that's loud. That's not right, is it? No, was, um, Going down the wrong rabbit hole here, my guys. What rabbit hole have we not gone on, down yet? Well, guys on the Islanders. Leaves Leafs Islanders game. This isn't right. Ray, Rob Davidson of the Islanders attempted to clear the puck out of his defensive zone. Rob Davidson. Davidson. Let's see here. Why does he? One of them Davidson. says. Okay, hang on. Davidson. Rob Rain, president, industrial division. No, not division. Davidson, you fucking assholes. Holy Christ. His NHL career totals. He had... Rob O'Gara, Rob Wilson. Three goals. 
Michaels. Rob Haberbush. Rob Morrison. Oh. What is this? Why is it giving me every Rob except the one I'm looking at? Rob Blake? <sighs> oh, poor Guys, I've got some uh, breaking news here. On GoFundMe, there's somebody who put up, I'm not kidding for you, Justice for Milbury. <laughs> is it Jim? <laughs> the legendary Mike Milbury has been yet another victim of liberal cancel culture. Let's rally around him and come to the agreement that women are a distraction. Mike's this is Jim, a isn't it? Announcer. I'm not kidding you. And, <laughs> and zero dollars raised so far. Some guy from New York. Negative dollars on a GoFundMe, like someone takes money from it. Can they take all the money that they probably had for the uh, Jeremy Roenick situation and then just dump it into the Mike Milbury? <laughs> million dollar goal. Ah. Well, let me ask, what, was this put together by a Nike Milbury? <laughs> Garth Snow organized it. <laughs> but just as a troll job. Garth Snow should be like thanking Mike Milbury because honestly, you could look at Garth Snow as being like the worst GM of the Islanders if Mike Milbury were not there. Yeah, for sure. They were both terrible. <laughs> honestly, I I think I'd have to go with Garth Snow above Mike Milbury though. He didn't trade Char. You didn't. You didn't trade. Oli Jokinen and Roberto Luongo in the same <laughs> trade after after draft because first of all Luongo I'm pretty sure was already looking like a pretty decent goalie. This is before I was like this is before I was really doing much and really little after I was born when they traded him. So wasn't watching hockey then, <laughs> but he was. I heard he was doing like pretty good, and then uh, they decided, hey, why not just pick. This Rick Dipietro kid, because you know, you can never have enough goalies, and we can just chip away Roberto Luongo. Won't hurt them, right? Whoops. Yeah, no, no way this will bite us in the ass. Yeah. I've never made a bad trade in my career. <laughs> I won't start today. God. But I mean, look, look. Patrick Sharp is say just. Say what you want about the comment candy, that. Man. Yeah. This guy. Who's that, Candy? Patrick Sharp. I didn't hear that. God. Oh, you're bordering on JR territory, buddy. Okay, I don't fucking work for NBC. <laughs> you work but for no, himself. <laughs> but yeah, say what you want about uh, the, the finally got nobody canned. But everyone should just be glad that we don't have to listen to his dipshit hockey takes. Even if you, yeah. not, you know, do you, even if you are on his side on social issues, which personally I'm not, and a lot of us aren't. No. no. But, but. Even if you are, you should be glad that he can't say dumb stuff about hockey anymore. At the very least. I don't so like overtime. It's not fun. Exactly. Carter Hart isn't good. We should have a shootout. We should have a shootout in the playoffs. Because that's what every fan wants to see. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be like the, like the all-star game one where you can do whatever you want. You know, you can put on like costumes. Mer- if it's not Merrick Malik doing the between the legs and then doing the Lady <laughs> Liberty celebration. I don't want it. Oh my God. Or, or, um, or a PK Subban dressed up like Yager. Yeah. Or uh, wait, what, what was the, 
who was the player who brought out the mini stick? Like he got like halfway, he got like into the slot. He threw away his stick and brought like revealed he had like a uh, he had like one of those like mini rug hockey sticks, like tucked away in his pants and played with that. It was a Corey Perry. At the no, I thought Burns did something with uh with one of the with his kid. He did something with his kid, and they did something the next year. I thought it was with the little. Is that Goudreau that had the little stick? Goudreau doesn't seem like he has that much of a personality, though. I think it was Corey Perry. I think Corey Perry did it. I don't know why. I just feel like it was Corey Perry. (laughs) If I look up Corey Perry little stick, what am I going (laughs) to... Do not share your screen. Corey Perry little stick. Perry tries to steal a hostess stick. Corey Perry helps himself to a stick. <laughs> that greedy bugger. Tell me about that Bobby Ryan goal. Remember where someone took Bobby Ryan's stick, so he picked up the other guy's stick and he the wrong hand, and he just like his celebration was showing the other guy his stick. It was, it was uh, Maku Koivu who stole a stick. Corey yeah. Perry mini stick breakaway goal. All Star Stills competition. There you go. 2012. Hey, I got it. Man, another person to, uh, with, with two first names. Corey Perry steals Alex Simmons' stick. Corey Perry. Robert Thomas. <laughs> His team's doing pretty well in the playoffs. No, Nolan Patrick. Nate, Tom, <laughs> and Son. Nate. Huh. What did John and Gaudreau do at the All-Star game? Now I gotta... Jamie Ben. <laughs> hey, he plays like horseshit. <laughs> Also, I Not in his current series. They're up 2 nothing on Colorado. Now, that was the... Um, remember the CEO from the Stars? Oh, that was, that, when, oh yeah. that was when Voracek helped uh, Gaudreau in the breakaway. Yeah, I That's like what Voracek it was. Got All right. I knew there was, was some like a, little reference there, but it was the little kid reference. There was a little kid reference in... There we go. Johnny Hockey. <laughs> so it was Johnny Hockey and um, Martin St. Louis as the kid? No. <laughs> no, I think they just said it was Voracek. Uh, Voracek helping uh, Gaudreau. Yeah. But has anybody I've seen, seen like um, when the, when Martin St. Louis was playing, anybody see where he sat on the bench? He sat on the bench a lot during his career is my guess. Well, I'm saying he had, a, he had a little fold-out chair to sit on. And, uh, you know, so he'd sit next to the backup goalie because he wouldn't – his legs didn't touch the ground on the bench. Yeah, they had to give him the yellow pages. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even kidding because uh, Marty Saint. I looked at Marty Saint Louis bench and it's his bench press. I forgot how ripped this guy was. Jesus, I, I had a family friend that had tickets right next to the visitors bench at the Wachovia Center, and uh, I literally saw, saw saw him sitting on this chair, and guys were like roasting him the entire time for having to sit on the, <laughs> on the chair. I remember I played so. Uh, my my team, my travel team, was supposed to play at the Wells Fargo Center, and uh, since uh, during the lockout, 2012-13 lockout, it got pushed back because our game was just happened to be the day when the Flyers' home opener was, and at the end of the game, well, that year I I had a shit ton of penalties, like 150 something in like 50 some games, so Jesus. I was a little goon out there, <laughs> a little goon out there, and uh, I was a little upset I didn't get 
I didn't get a penalty, so I couldn't sit in the penalty box. So after the game, I go over to where the Flyers penalty box was, and I'm, I asked the penalty box guy, like, can I sit in here for a little bit? And he's like, he's like, sure. And then, like, my entire team decided, hey, I'm going to go sit in the Flyers penalty box as well. And there's this whole picture. My mom has this picture of me. There's, like – there's like 12, 12, 12 year olds trying to cram into this little party box, and I'm looking up like, "Hi, mom." So it was like that time when the Flyers had like six people in the box. Yeah. You know, they photoshopped yeah. the jacuzzi in there. Dan's <laughs> 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 a little tired. Yeah, need, I was not expecting to today. I uh, one of my uh, coworkers' family is Turkish. And she brought oh, no. legit Turkish espresso in today. Ooh. Oh, that's <laughs> and it it it's the consistency of like brownie batter essentially. And it's like, I'm, I'm gonna get try some. Okay, cool. I'll try some. Take a little sip, and it's like it's like when I took a shot of that vodka. She's like, Whoa, what the fuck just hit me there? And uh, I don't think I'm gonna sleep for about four days now. Actually, that'll put hair <laughs> on your nuts. Yeah, that's for fucking sure. Cause uh, it's God, like it was good oil, though. Man. Fuck. You ever have uh, a Vietnamese iced coffee? Is that yeah. a uh, Urban Dictionary kind of thing? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if you ever on South Street, there's a little coffee shop. Uh, they have Vietnamese iced coffee. So fucking so good. But they're like uh, like liquid uh, cocaine. Well, not the not the powder. You know. no, I, 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 yeah, we talked about the powder and stuff already. But yes. uh, you're in the Terra Hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was he, is he in the KHL now? I believe so. Yeah, he scored his lone goal with the Phantoms right in front of my stupid face that night. I will never forget that goal as long as I live. That was for your birthday too. I don't remember when that was actually. Yuri Laterra finished Spartak Moscow of the KHL. Spartak. I totally didn't realize that uh, Gavin Rusov was in uh, the KHL during this pause. Loaned yeah, they, the they other day. Two days ago. Yeah, they loaned him. I didn't realize that. I thought he was brought into the bubble. I don't know. It's been so long since. He was at uh, I've seen the training camp, but they uh, yeah. told him to fuck off, I guess. Yeah, I think it would have helped to see him anyway. He's He's not that good. No, no. He, he's going to follow Vorobiev at the end of uh, next season when his contract's up. I highly doubt he uh, comes back. Yeah. I mean, we, we thought it was a steal. <laughs> he, you know, he dropped because of that whole Russian uh, doping scandal. Was... But, eh. One of Hextall's bigger it. whiffs in the uh, the draft was Hextall and LaBerge. Yeah. I mean, he would have gone higher if it was, if the Russians didn't get caught. I mean, look, Rubsov goes over to Russia, and then the opposition leader gets poisoned. Coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> or Nate Thompson. I don't know Gary Rusov was disguised as Nate Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what you understand, guys, is that Jermaine Rusov is Russian for Nate Thompson. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I, someone, find, someone find a clip of, uh, of Nate Thompson just making the sound da, and then and just like start sending that over about the guy getting poisoned. Did you do this, Nate Thompson? Da. <laughs> <laughs>
The Mueller report explicitly names Nate Thompson <laughs> repeatedly. Uh, yes, the good old Mueller report. Oh boy, let's not let's 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 before Jim gets going here. Let's uh. Jim's texting. Uh, it's okay. Go, yeah, I know. Jim's fucking hooking up some pussy for later on. I guess after the show. Oh, I'm researching for the show. Uh huh. Look, <laughs> what is I the get going, report? guys? Uh, Dan, happy birthday! Thanks for coming on, Noah. Uh, it's so much fun. I uh, I hope to be on it. I hope to be on sometime soon. Sure. Again, this is a lot of fun. Will do. Hey, uh, have a nice night, guys. Hey, you too. Hey, Noah. We're actually just about to hit the uh, two-hour mark here in 40 wow. seconds, so I mean, we'll uh, at least wrap this show up for the for the night. My birthday bash, which turned into literally anything but, but uh, <laughs> conspiracy theories. Theory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, how can you celebrate a birthday better than that? Uh, uh, lots of dick is uh, <laughs> the way I would start celebrating. <laughs> well, my I feel birthday like you got it tonight, bro. I feel like about... that's all you got. Like you almost got dicked by the flyers. The flyers yeah, I was gonna say the flyers are gonna shat. Just man. about, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, I completely hey, lost yo. my train of thought now. Now we're talking about dick. Um, see, see? Uh, you're distracted by dick. See, yeah. Goddamn, Nate Thompson. Very point. All right. Uh, we'll wrap this shit up, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow with uh. Nick for post game. Maybe Jim will join us then. If we can uh, yeah. afford his presence three times in a week, we'll figure out. And uh, be back Friday morning with Anthony. We got uh, Mark Seidel, Seidel, Cheadle, Seidel, something like that. He a former Minnesota Wild scout. He's gonna talk some prospects with us as the draft is on the horizon. And uh, maybe we'll uh, talk a little bit of Flyers prospects. Maybe we'll put Morgan Frost into fucking reality for everybody here. Hopefully, I got. I hope he calls Morgan Frost bad. That'd be so. But, uh, yeah, that, that'll be the show for the week. Uh, let's get some, some Twitter handles here. Telfer! I'm gritty underscore backup. Okay, Manny! <laughs> That's uh, at Manny, M-A-N-N-Y, Benavidez, B-E-N-E-V-I-D-E-S. Steve! And on Brotherly Park. I am at Snapple, S-N-A-P-P-1-E, A-P-P-1-E. Go check out my article, Breaking Down the Canadian Series. Jim! Uh, find me, Jim Mike H-W. Check out the hwhockey.net site. Lots of podcast shows and articles about the Flyers on there. And uh, you, Jim can had to handle. you can follow Nate. You can follow Nate. N Kaplan 24 should have asked him plugged up before he left. So uh, check him out as well. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, everybody. But uh, until then, happy birthday, Dan the Flyer fan, the greatest Dan that ever lived. There's that coffee. Happy birthday, back. Daniel. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, birthday buddy. bud. Thanks. Good night. Good night. We're